Hello and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. This is the only podcast in human history where two brothers talk about comic books. Uh, I'm one of the two brothers. Uh, my name is Will Hines. Kevin Hines. I'm the other brother. I live in California. Kevin lives in New Jersey. So adjust your perceptions of us accordingly. And uh, we're both, you know... Real funny. I mean, in a dry, sometimes it's hard to notice mm-hmm. way. <laughs> yeah, in a sort of an irritatingly not funny way. We're really, yeah, no, we're not really funny. funny. Way, we're very funny. Yeah. And um, we are talking about Secret Wars, mm-hmm. the original Marvel superhero Secret Wars from the uh, early eighties. That's right. And we're gonna we're gonna do issues one and two today of, of a well issue one and then a little bit of two. That's right. Uh, we're doing two issues in an episode. We'll we'll go in depth on one of those issues today. That'll be issue one. And then we'll sort of briefly cover the other issue just for just so that, you know, we're not spending the next podcast recapping everything that we missed. Kev, um, what do you think of issue one? Um, I like I like it all. So my, my goal for this whole podcast is I want people to like this comic. Mm-hmm. So um, you're going to lie to them? No, I think it's good. I want to focus <laughs> on the positive parts, basically. Um, okay. The dialogue is a little bad. There's definitely um, uh, over labeling, like characters having to like yeah, jump through sure. hoops to say what their names are and maybe what their yeah, powers are, and yeah. what their thing is, and yeah. what's going on with them. There's just a lot of like, you know, it's just like, what are you? Why are you asking me, Captain Marvel? That you know. <laughs> uh, uh-huh, so there's uh-huh. a little bit of that going on, um, and that's irritating. And there's a couple lines that feel. A little out of character or whatnot, but that's uh, the good part. I I agree. I mean, I think it's fun. It's just fun. It's fun to have all these characters together. It's also coming off of a place where nothing like this had ever happened before. Like now that these events are so common, Spider Man has spent so much time with the Avengers and the X Men and all these characters that there's there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing strange about it to them. Like there's a bit of uh, going on in this issue. of someone just being like, wow, Iron Man's powerful. I've never seen him up close or like there's moments where these characters are watching each other in action a little bit or like the FF are sort of like, "Uh, we don't know you guys that well. We're sticking together while the Avengers are sort of like, well, uh, we're sticking together. And and nowadays it's sort of like, well, we've all been on everyone's teams (laughs) and and we've all fought Thanos and Skrulls and Galactus so many times that we're all pals, but that's not, that's (laughs) not here this time. Like nobody really has a good bead on how powerful or not powerful Spider-Man is. Yeah. Cause he's not a team guy at this point. Uh, So that, Um, that part's really fun. It's. I think it's a good example of. I mean, because there is a lot of, I don't know, like bad stuff or whatever, or like things that doesn't do well. Like it's easy to critically pan Secret Wars. It's easy. However, I do think it works, and I think it's really fun, and I kind of think it's a good lesson for like, hey man, just just get to the fun part like immediately. Like just get to the part where it's fun as fast as you can, and even if you do it kind of unartfully and just sort of you force it i'll partly be glad you did it like how many superhero movies or uh, comics have we read that like kind of suffer from taking themselves too seriously and they go too slow how many especially movies how many superhero movies are just joyless yeah i think about like um the the godzilla movie from a while back that brian cranston was in the commercials for but dies in like the first scene um (laughs) and godzilla you don't see Godzilla fight in that movie until like the last scene of the movie. Like yeah. it's, it's, they always cut away or it's like on a TV screen in the background. And I'm like, this is a Godzilla movie. Yeah. I'm not here for anything else. Like the other stuff's sort of important to move the movie along and to give it something more than yeah. just the fight. But if you don't have the fight, <laughs> then I don't care about that other stuff. Yeah. There's like, and this, you know, th- this comic book is a good example of like, 
it's it sure would be fun to see all of the big superheroes fight all of the big villains. So we're going to get to that almost immediately. Or or in a, in a positive sense, think of like Jurassic Park, a movie where like the dinosaurs don't really attack for a while, but pretty early on you get a shot of living dinosaurs just because yeah. they're like we're not going to hold off on the coolest part of this movie. Before yeah. they get there, like the car pulls over and they're staring at dinosaurs. Very early. Yeah, yeah. it's really fun. And it's an amazing scene. And it's like, oh, good. That'll hold me off until the T-Rex attacks. Yes. Um, yeah, just like, you know, whatever the fun part of your book is, like, I guess be aware of it. Um, also, the thing you're saying, the overlabeling, it is so funny. It is so funny to me, like how much just exposition. Yeah. Is, every single panel seems to summarize the entire plot up to that point. Yeah. Uh, the, it it's also, got that Stan Lee thing of it's it's written that you could pick up a book and start in the middle and you wouldn't be lost. Yeah, I mean, it, it's bad in this first issue where you have to meet every character, but later issues like recap what's going on constantly, and that can be sort of, yeah, I know, but books weren't collected. Well, I, I was going to say, actually, there, it it's both something I make fun of, but I also kind of like it because this book feels friendly like it has me the reader in mind like it is trying to entertain me this is what was great about stan lee like for all the things that you can make fun of stan lee for a stan lee book is fun yeah a stan lee book is a blast and so and this book is a blast and i do i said this last week but i do think what jim shooter's doing here is he's trying to do a little stan lee oh for sure and he just isn't stan lee so he can't pull it off even like 20 percent you talking about the jokes? The jokes and just just like like you, there's a panel of thirty characters and eighteen of them have word balloons. Yeah, right. Where it's like right, I don't right. need I don't need to hear them all talk. Yeah. Um, but Stan Lee would have found a way to get all of them with a word balloon. <laughs> he's like, you held back. Um, <laughs> Only eighteen. He's like, Daredevil's off panel. He could be saying something. <laughs> he's not there, Stan. He still has something to say. So so there's something like that. Uh, current comics thanks to Frank Miller, who's, you know, um, becoming big right now at this time in Marvel, um, use captions to get a lot of the stuff out now. Yeah. Like when there's event comics now, like they don't introduce anybody, but everyone just, when they first show up, there's a caption box underneath them that like has their name and sometimes their powers. Oh, so, yeah, you know, it's just like Captain Marvel can turn into any form of light or, yeah. or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's not as fun, but it definitely like, keeps Captain Marvel from saying, well, I'll turn into uh, light. That's one of my powers, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Which that's what happened in secret wars. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I didn't remember, I, you know, I might not have read this issue <laughs> back well, in the day. And I think I mentioned this also last week. We didn't have this issue. Yeah. I think I, I, I don't know what it. the first issue we had was. Um, it, it, we didn't have the first two for sure. Um, we definitely had the one, uh, uh, that starts with the wasp crashing her ship um, mm. and being chased by villains or something. We'll get to that. That's like issue five or six, something like that. We might have had one before that, but it was something like we missed a few issues. We had one, we missed one, and then you had the rest. I think I, I was a snob at first. I didn't want to get it, and then I gave in. I think you picked up an issue, and then you got the only previous issue that you could find. Okay. And then the other ones just weren't there, but... Again, the story sort of recapped it all. And at some point, I think we either picked up those issues that they got reprinted or maybe I didn't read them until it got collected. But I feel like at some point we had them all because mm -hmm. I remember like filling them in and being like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this doesn't surprise me. This is what they told me happened. Yeah. And, and this first issue in particular is just sort of like getting everything started. Yeah. So it's, it's you don't really need this issue other than it has to happen. <laughs> Can we talk about the prologue a little bit? Because sure. I'm reading the collected edition. Yes. So, so in this collected edition, a, a nice thing they do is um, they show all the excerpts from the individual stories when the heroes like leave their it, the continuity of their series and enter the Secret Wars. Yeah. Right. So it shows all the little extras like Thor, you know, traveling to the Secret Wars land and the Fantastic Four and stuff like that, or Fantastic Three. Yeah. They can't bring Sue because Reed uh, doesn't like women. 
Reed doesn't like women, so that's one. The Jim Shooter's really being Stan Lee in the terms of yeah, yeah. how he treats all his characters. I think Reed would never travel with a woman. <laughs> Not a female. <laughs> um, except for Crystal and Medusa. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, but uh, I just it's funny to me. So, so what happens is like there's a big device in Central Park like a like a gladiator coliseum just yeah, yeah. like shows up and all the heroes are just like compelled mentally to check it out and they just step inside and are zapped and teleported to the this planet that is we'll get into it I know but like I guess what's funny to me is like there is almost no explanation there's just like oh, I'm compelled to go to this building I guess I'll walk inside zap and they vanish it's like and then I don't know it's it's funny to me just like we just got to get all the heroes together. So they're just hypnotized to walk yeah. towards this building and they'll just be teleported. And then just imagine like then the next month they just zap back in like their new costumes or whatever. And it's like, we're home. It's like, okay. Yeah. If you're reading those issues and you haven't read and secret wars hasn't come out yet. So you haven't read yeah. them. You're just sort of like, well, that was strange. All right. Yeah. Anyway, on with business Thor. But I guess it's like, it's both silly and kind of fun that they mm-hmm. didn't explain it more. Sure. Um, like it's just a page. It reminds me of like the old sixties comics th- that we read. Just like so much happens in a page and they just like, it happens because they tell you what happens. They don't necessarily like, earn it or go step by step or do character development. It's like, you know, Thor beats up a bad guy, starts an orphanage and falls in love. Like that could happen in a page yeah. in a sixties comic. And it's, that's kind of true here too. But what's also sort of cool about this book is if like you were reading, let's say, well, you're reading Fantastic Four and nothing else. That's right. Um, and then you I think that might have been true. And, and then, then you, FF and Spidey. And, that's and then you're like, well, I'm going to pick up Secret Wars because the Fantastic Four are there and I love them. And then you're reading it and you see that the Hulk has Banner's brain or that Tony yeah. Stark is an Iron Man. You might go, oh, I got to see what that I kind of liked Iron Man in the story. It yeah. does do the job of what uh, what these events I mean, this event was created to sell toys, but the other thing these events are supposed to do is make you, it kind of raise up the lower selling titles and sort of yeah. like remind you, it's why they started doing like crossovers where the issue, like it'd be like, you got to buy this issue of Thor to understand Secret Wars um, so that you'll buy the issue and see that, oh, Thor's good. Um, that doesn't always work because those issues are often bad. But what it does happen a little bit here where I do remember, not so much in this issue, but I do know later because we didn't have this issue but later issues i would read things and be like well that's interesting i wonder what that's all about i didn't have the funds or um attention span to care enough to follow up on it but it, it yeah. stuck with me to this point in my life where i don't remember what issue is it's like issue eight or nine where like it's revealed um uh, jim Rhodes has his armor off or like one part of his armor off and reads working on it. he's like did you expect to see a black man in this armor and i'm like yeah oh I don't know who Tony Stark is. So I'm just yeah. like, oh, this is interesting. There's something going on here. This is not the guy who's supposed to be wearing Iron Man's suit. Yeah. Uh, it stayed with me to being like, that's cool. Yeah. Well, should we get into it? Yes. All right. Issue one, Secret Wars. Kevin, what do you think of this cover? I mean, this cover is great. It's, I mean, it's simple. It's classic. Why don't you describe it? It's almost what Kevin Maguire makes fun of a little bit with his uh, Justice League standing and looking up at you and not really doing anything. This is just every hero like leaping off the page. (laughs) You know, Captain America in the front screaming, Wolverine right next to him, Cyclops on the other side, Spider-Man swinging overhead, the Hulk leaping. But again, in a world where these heroes haven't all teamed up to see Captain America between Cyclops and Wolverine, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, and they're just, they're all there. I think this is, uh, is it every, it's not every character in the issue. Cause I don't see Reed Richards. There's a few that are missing, but it's most of them. And it's, I don't know. I'd be excited seeing this as a kid. Yeah. We don't have professor X or, yeah. uh, there's, there's some, oh yeah, this is, this is great. I feel like this is an iconic cover. I feel like I see this a lot. Yeah. I mean, um, they, I guess it's kind of, it's just a lot of people jumping off frame. So there's a lot of sort of things that look like this, but I, I could, I could imagine the cover of secret wars. Number one. I mean, I also think Mike, Mike Zek nailed it. Like he probably, he put time into this cover. Like there's some panels in, in these issues where it's like, Oh, this face looks a little off. Like he was clearly yeah. rushing, but like this page, whether he did it or the inker helped, it's like, it, this looks good. Um, 
everyone looks cool. Yeah, it's a great cover. Good job, Mike Zek. Um, let's uh, let's get right to page one. Page sure. one. We are in deep outer space. There is uh, what looks like a, a like a coliseum floating in space. And it's the one that we saw all of the heroes wander into in their individual comics. And so we just begin in outer space and all the heroes have been transported together to this like building and they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, the first hero's face we see is Spider-Man, smart Marvel. Let's get the face here, uh, empire right out right away mm-hmm. uh, behind him. The thing, probably the second most, maybe at this point it's the X-Men or Wolverine probably. But, yeah. they, but before that, like the old school, if Jim Shooter's channeling Stanley, this is the second most powerful, most famous uh, character. And then sort of a new star, Captain Marvel, are kind of all there. Um, yeah. Just sort of reacting to it, that they're in space. And then we uh, cut to the next page. There's a big splash page with now we do see every single hero who has been transported. And they're all kind of looking agape. And this is one of those panels, like you said, where like everyone's kind of chiming in. Yeah. Here's the thing before we even get to that, uh, that I noticed when I was rereading this, because I reread the whole thing uh, last weekend um, just to kind of refresh my mind. Uh, But every group shot, the human torch is flying overhead. Like, but he's in, he's always in motion. He's never like floating. Yeah. It's just like, he's always circling these groups. It must be so (laughs) annoying. It isn't like, you know, he's hovering. Yeah. It's like, just sit still, Torch. And, you know, he's doing it here. And obviously <laughs> a bunch of them are in motion here. But it happens a lot. Watch how often, like, there's st- everyone's standing still except for the Torch. Just because it and looks it also, cool to have him fly. <laughs> it also is like, who are you talking to? Like, if you got two pretty big speech balloons, Human Torch, but in the time that it would take a human to say that, you must have flown across, you know, this whole area. Like, well, whoever was listening to you when you started didn't hear you end it. Yeah, Captain Marvel talks, Reed Richards talks, the Hulk talks, the Thing talks, Iron Man talks, Human Torch talks twice, and uh, Nightcrawler chimes in. <laughs> Which, again, I think Stan Lee would be disappointed. There's, Not enough. There's room for word balloons. We could have gotten Storm, maybe. Uh, let's have Rogue say something. Yep. Everyone is literally agape. Their mouths are all open. It looks kind of funny. I mean, I buy, I buy it, wouldn't you? They also I don't didn't, know. These, they, peop- these people have seen a lot. They also didn't enter this Coliseum together. Oh, yeah, that's right. They all entered separately. They immediately appeared next to each other in space uh, where people die. People can't breathe in space. Well, I don't know if you know that. I did not know that. No wonder we don't go. So that's they're nervous about that. So. um, So then we turn the page (laughs) and the top of page two is just like another long panel with every hero crammed in there. But they are still taking up like. 25% 25% of the space. The rest, word balloons. This is yeah. very Stan Lee rule book. This page is, let's all introduce ourselves. Literally. Right. Uh, literally, yeah. the wasp says, I suggest that the first, uh, that first we get it, find out something easier. Like, who all is here? Uh, I'll start, says wasp. Everyone, uh, everyone knows us because we're the mighty Avengers. <laughs> That's already sort of weird exposition to say amongst yeah. other heroes. Uh, and we're famous. But just in case, I'm the Wasp, and with me are She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, and Iron Man, who's really on leave, but is with us anyway. It's like, they don't need to know Iron Man's on leave. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, Professor X chimes in, I am Professor X. These are my X-Men, Storm, Nightcrawler, Rogue, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Colossus. And then Colossus chimes in, and Lockheed the Dragon. (laughs) It's insane. Like, this dialogue is crazy. Uh, The Hulk says, I am, of course, the Hulk. Uh, which is verbose for him, but he is verbose at this point. Uh, your friendly neighborhood spray, huh? Spider-Man at your service is how Spidey introduces himself. And then the thing introduces the, the FF by saying, we're the Fantastic Four minus Susie, the invisible girl to you. Stretcho calls himself Mr. Fantastic. If you can believe that this crumbs the human torch and I'm the Easter bunny. So we don't get the thing's name, but everyone else is introduced. That's very Stanley though. Yeah. Um, And and then they look then they, across they space. Look up, yeah, they look up because they're in a coliseum that's surrounded by like an energy bubble protecting them or whatever. And they see another similar structure filled with villains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Page Inc- two. Including page two. Galactus. I know. <laughs> including a god 
a manifestation of evil whose job is to eat planets. It's just hanging out. He yeah, said he's, he's there with like the absorbing man. <laughs> it's absorbing man and Galactus. Sort of, they become real friends in this story. I could see them. They're pals. I could, I could imagine them hanging out. Yeah, uh, it's fun. They're sort of all grouped together. I mean, it's a weird group of villains, including like the lizard who's sort of very mindless. The wrecking crew takes up like half the lineup because there's four of them. Um, <laughs> you know, of course, there's Dr. Doom at Ultron, uh, Enchantress, uh, Doc Ock, Molecule Man. I hate uh, to like to sh- throw shade at Crisis of Infinite Earths, but that's the other big event yeah. comic of this time period. But Crisis was way smarter, but way more boring, at least in the beginning. Yeah. The first like two or three issues of Crisis, it's like all about the anti-monitors energy coalescing or something it just takes forever before like the heroes start doing stuff like they well they they i my memory of it is they try to do a better job of justifying why this crazy sure of crossover event would happen but jim shooter's like nope just throw them all in some bubbles and let's get to it (laughs) i mean in marv wolfman's defense his series was about destroying the multiverse and creating one cohesive universe where this is just like Let's show how cool our characters and see if we can sell let's some just, action figures. Yeah, let's just show show off their powers and their looks and I have mean, some fun. The only villains that get action figures, I think, are uh, from the villains are Doom, Doc Ock, and Kang. Is that right? I don't, I don't know. I think so. I have them. So I'm not sure about <laughs> Oh, there's other ones. Baron Zemo, who's not here. They make an action figure of him for some reason. <laughs> um, but most of these guys don't get action figures. There's certainly no Galactus action figure from this line. <laughs> Galactus is like the character who like he looms large in just like comic book fans minds. But like, I don't think he's penetrated the collective consciousness of like popular culture. You know what I mean? He's also he's not like a villain, right? No, he's, he's like, like, like a, an elemental force. He's, it's like having a tornado be a villain. Yeah, it's very weird having him. The next page where they show the villains all lined up, you just see Galactus's shoes because he's too big to be on the panel. So they're all like standing in a line just like the heroes were and Galactus's boots are sort of behind them. Yeah. Um, uh, Galactus's similar, boots are so funny. There's a similar introduction where they all introduce, they all say each other's names. Um, but then we cut back to the thing who's noticing that they've got a villain with them. Magneto. He's with the heroes. That's actually a pretty fun idea that Magneto's with the heroes because he's not a he's not a total villain. Yeah. And I don't know whether that came from Shooter or Claremont. Um I tried to find out like with like five seconds of Googling. Um, and it seems like they were trying to make him more nuanced um, Magneto in the comics already. They were moving him this way because eventually he sort of becomes a quasi good guy for a while. He leads the X-Men yeah. uh, X-Men for a little while. That's a ways off still. But um, this is like the first steps towards that. I feel like um he's still talking in a very villain speak right he's got like the classic foolish you know good guys with your Mm -hmm. dumb morals or whatever yeah but he's not interested in like taking over the world for power he's just in take over the world so the mutants don't get killed that's sort of like why he's a good guy (laughs) yeah well he, he, he would not hurt somebody for no reason he doesn't really care about accumulating power for himself beyond protecting mutants um the next page uh, all the stars in the universe vanish yeah that's sort of a cool idea and it's presented pretty well i was thinking like the story is actually pretty good like in that like or i guess like things happen i mean that's not always a guarantee in your Mm -hmm. comic book but like things happen pretty fast We've introduced all the characters by the end of page three, and now the universe is vanishing. That's pretty compelling. Yeah, this is page six, and the universe is vanishing. At least the oh. galaxy they're in is being wiped clean. Oh, I counted wrong one. Um, well, there's a splash page. I don't know if that counts as one or two. I got it. It's either page yeah. five or six. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's... And, you know, Iron Man looks ter- terrified, and uh, uh, even Thor, a god, yeah, uh, doesn't doesn't dig it. And they're being sucked towards like a planet that seems to be like being assembled as they, as they watch. Right. They're moving towards a planet that's being made up of like pieces of other planets, which gets played with a little bit, not that much. Like that's a really cool concept that doesn't really get much play in the story. 
Well, we'll have to write a spinoff. Uh, there was a comic book, um, uh, uh, or Green Lan- It happened in the Green Lantern universe at some point. Mosaic, a mosaic planet, was created of a bunch of different planets, and like one of the cities was from Earth, and then it didn't go back. It stayed in space, and John Stewart oh, really? was sort of in charge of taking care of it. It was a oh. really great series by a uh, child pornographer, uh, Jared Jones. unfortunately (laughs) Um, well this picture of the planet coming together uh, it looks really great yes Um, so we stay with the villains for a little bit we meet some of them Dr. Doom is going to be the guy who's either in charge or like the main like bossy one. Oh, but there's also Ultron causing some mischief yeah there's there's some fun characters here I will say this uh, and I meant to say this last week. I think if I had to pick a protagonist for this story, it's Dr. Doom. I think Dr. Doom is the main character. He's not the hero, obviously. He's a villain. Mm-hmm. But he does he drives the story more than anyone else. It's certainly not Captain America or Spider-Man or Reed Richards driving the story. It's not it's, Spider-Man, for it's sure. It's not Beyonder, um, yeah. who's just sort of behind the scenes. It's Dr. Doom. And that's very yeah. true in these first two issues. Oh, yeah. We should say the name of the creature who <laughs> yes, is yes. like orchestrating all of this who is like who zapped the heroes who's creating the planet is a sort of all-powerful god named the beyonder which is a dumb name yeah right it is and it isn't like marvel's filled with like these you know universal characters that you know have dumb names and or are just like or just like our weird like eternity who looks cool as a Ditko creation, but it's like this big guy just filled with stars. Yeah. It's just sort of like, I don't know what his deal is. Even the word eternity is better than the beyonder sure. because it's sort of like he's beyond all whatever. Mm-hmm. He's the beyonder. It's like, yeah. all right, I guess. He he gets worse in Secret Wars 2 when he has to manifest a body and he's like a, a David Hasselhoff um, in a jumpsuit. Um, that makes him yeah, seem right. less... <laughs> Even less cool. Right here, yeah, he's sort of an off-panel energy force. He's more like Sauron. He's like just the excuse to have these guys fight. That's right. So, yeah, Dr. Doom's the main character. He right away is trying to, like, figure out what's going on. He tries to he tries to corral the Molecule Man to be on his side, which is smart because the Molecule's Man's powers are insanely powerful. He controls all molecules. Yes. At this point, all inorganic molecules... Still pretty good. Still pretty good. Uh, Ultron is made of adamantium, um, so that's pretty tough. Uh, but he, Not bad. But Ultron decides, my job is to kill humans. You guys are humans. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, the, the villains are off to a rough start in terms of getting along. Yes. Um, but then Molecule Man at Doom's prodding uh, pushes Ultron into Galactus's boot. <laughs> and so Galactus sucks all the energy out of Ultron. And just, yeah, just like... Renders him inert. Yes, Ultron's already done out out for the count. So we kind of done a good job establishing just that the villains are all going to fight each other, and Galactus is sort of a weird wild card who can just wipe any of them out with the snap of a finger. Yeah, no, it's a pretty good setup. You know, I'm I dig it. I think this is really fun. Um, uh, then this is where the Beyonder finally shows up, like through a crack in the sky with light yeah. pouring out. Yeah. In like a wavy word balloon. I am from beyond. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. Nothing you dream of is impossible for me to accomplish. Uh, and um, the Wrecking Crew confirmed that this guy is not lying because the guy who carries a crowbar says, He ain't lying. I can tell. I just know. I can feel it. And that's covered. So okay, now so we, we know, know it's true. true. And we know it's we know true. It's true. Uh, then uh, Galactus is the one who names the Beyonder, I guess, because the next page Galactus looks up at that light and goes, you, Beyonder. Yeah. So this guy's now uh, named. You notice that Galactus is wearing pants here. He's not in his shorts wearing, you know, mode yeah. of the 60s. He's wearing pants. He doesn't have a G on his chest. <laughs> he's more respectable. He's he's aged respectably. Yeah, he's a bit more graceful. Still got the big helmet, though. Still has the headgear of uh, something crazy. I mean, I'd still say it's a ridiculous Kirby design. It's still at the bones of it, but they've removed the most ridiculous elements. (laughs) And I think it was a smart choice. Galactus instantly kind of intuits that the Beyonder could take away his desire to eat planets, which it sounds like he wants to not eat planets anymore. 
So he flies towards this crack in the sky, I guess with the intention of forcing Beyonder to use his power to heal him. Yeah, he basically says, like, I don't want to play your game. I'm the most powerful one here. I'm going to attack you and make you do what I want because I am the most powerful thing I've ever seen. I'm clearly more powerful than you. And Doom is really smart here. Doom just, like, follows in the wake. Yeah, I like that Doom immediately just flies after Galactus. He's like, oh, I want in on this. Yeah. Galactus is going to get beyond her to do something. I'm right there. And this is, I mean, I think Shooter uh, gets Doom largely. Um, that, like, you know, Doom doesn't stay behind and sort of, like, corral the villains to defeat the heroes. That would be a pretty easy writing for Doom, and you wouldn't question it. Yeah. If he was like, I'm going to take charge, we're going to fight the heroes, and then I'll get my wish. Instead, he's like, that's not good enough. I want to see what this guy's all about. I'm breaking the rules. Like, the rules are we have to fight each other. I'm not following those rules already. And I think that's cool. I think so. I think it's cool, too. I wonder what uh, Jim Shooter's uh, employees would say of your observation that he seems to get Doom and he relates to Dr. Doom. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I also think John Byrne writes a good Doom as well. But uh, I think sometimes Doom, I think, is written poorly. Yeah. Um, here he uh, seems like a real threat. Doom seems like a great supervillain. So things happen quick. Uh, Beyonder, I'm sorry, um, Galactus and Dr. Doom approach the crack in the sky, but as soon as they get close to it, or do they actually get inside they of it? They sort of get, uh, Galactus gets inside, Doom is held at bay. But then uh, uh, Galactus is like spat out and Doom is also shot away. And easily. So we see Galactus, who's the most powerful character of this group by like a million, he mm-hmm. gets like just knocked aside by the Beyonder. Yeah. So it basically says that the Beyonder cannot be defeated, really. Um, and on that, Will, let's take a break. I agree. Hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about, or the format of the show, or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we're back. I come to you from beyond. Uh, Kevin, did you hear that? The Beyonder's in my apartment. Yeah, what's he offering you? Let me ask. I offer you... Anything you desire, like Iron Fist could get you pizza. I'll deal with him later. I mean, is he asking you to do anything? He's just offering you stuff? <laughs> he's just, no, he's just offering me stuff. That's a good deal. You should I'll, take I'll, it. Uh, okay, I'll do it. Beyonder, give me a cup with ice. It shall be yours. Huh? Oh, nice. Got a Pretty cup good. of ice. Pretty good. Pretty a little, good. A little melty. Yeah, a little melty, but still, I got, 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 got it going. Was that good improv? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Perfect comedy. <laughs> we haven't been on stage in a year. Um, uh, the Beyonder has just uh, booted Galactus and Doom to the ground, and the villains and heroes have both landed on the planet. Okay, great. The heroes are sort of like, they're, they're in intel gathering mode. Like, yeah. what's going on? There's but some, they're very agitated to have Magneto around. Nobody, the, nobody likes that. There's very funny lines where, like, Cap starts kind of shouting orders, and Wolverine goes, good at giving orders, ain't he? And somebody responds, I think the Hulk, based on where the word is, Balloon is pointing, goes, yeah, he is. Maybe the best. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's not quite what my point was. <laughs> it's just very silly. Just like the torch is always flying around, Reed tends to be stretching in group shots. Yeah. And he's uh, like zipping up and using his power to get up high and look. Yeah. I mean, he even up high, he is half the height of Galactus. They could really use a Galactus <laughs> to help them see things. Yeah. Uh, but yes, they are nervous about Magneto still. Um, the X-Men sort of stand up for Magneto. Yeah. They're kind of like, um, he's, he's our, he's our guy. Like we know him and he's actually not a hundred percent evil and he's not really our problem right now. And he's super powerful. Let's not send him to the bad guys. If we have Galactus on the other side, let's not try, let's not trade Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. Let's keep him on our team. Um, yeah, let's, um, let's not trade no more Garcia Parra. Let's keep him. 
Yeah. Whoops. No, that one happened. Yeah. that um, one. I mean, so did the one I said. Oh, shoot. Okay. So uh, I like when Magneto says, you dare. I like when any like Marvel supervillain goes, you dare. That stuff's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. He throws a piece of, I assume, metal rock um, at the Iron Man and uh, Human Torch and Wasp and knocks them all down. That's pretty cool. Uh, this next panel is pretty. I am Homo Superior. I forgot that that's the that's the genus and species of the mutant, right? Yeah. Instead of Homo Sapien, I stand above you all, save perhaps Thor. It's a funny thing to mention. Though. That's a funny, really funny thing to mention. It's like he alone among you may be my equal. It sounds like Shooter thought of it as he was writing the balloon. Yeah, it's like what villain goes? I'm the most powerful one here. I mean, give or take Thor. I mean, Thor. <laughs> Thor. You're yeah, very maybe powerful. not. Maybe not you, but most of you. Okay, not Thor. Maybe the torch. I'm really good. Oh, Hulk. Okay. Hulk, Hulk of course, of really course, the bad. Hulk. Hulk's more powerful than me. I mean, he's strongest there is. Yeah. But other than those, I mean, Iron Man, possibly. I don't understand the technical capabilities of that arm. Yeah. I'd love it if, like, you saw Thor off panel going, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> or blushing or something. Oh, you. <laughs> you're Fred powerful Hendrick too, Magneto. That's, that's what I would say. Um,. This, this, there's a funny dialogue in the next line too. Magneto says, "Stop! You heard the professor. Or no, uh, Cyclops says it. Stop! You heard the professor. This isn't the time or place for now. He's an ally. For now, he's an ally." And then Doctor Light says, "Stuff it, boy, Captain You're Marvel." Opti- oh, sorry, Doctor Light is a DC character. Oh, sorry, Captain Marvel. This is a. Uh, well, she does turn to light. She turns to light, but her name is Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. Stuff it, boy. Your optic blasts are zip to a lady whose whole body transforms into energy. And then why does Torch go, they're nuts? The X-Men he's referring to. Oh, okay. Because like, the X-Men are like, all lined up, uh, like forming a wall okay. in front of Magneto. So he's like talking just uh, kind of like to his buddies, like, these guys are nuts. Yeah. And then the Hulk goes, okay. yes, I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> Which is also weird. It's weird to see articulate Hulk. Yeah. Um, and then much like Dr. Doom, Magneto just kind of flies off. Yeah. He doesn't want to deal with this. He's like, if you guys are going to fight, I don't want to, uh, fight you either. I'm out of here. Yeah. But they're on a planet in space. so I don't quite know where he thinks he's going, but he takes off. Um, then they sort of try to decide who the leader is. Um, yeah, this is, this is almost like a fun little like fan service thing where it's like all the people who are normally the alphas in their own book have to decide who's going to be King Alpha. Right. The Reed is nominated first. He passes because he's too distracted thinking about the trouble Sue's getting into without him to take care of her. Yeah. All these females causing trouble, even when they're not there. Um, uh, but then Reed suggests the Hulk because Dr. Banner is very smart. That's a compliment to Dr. Banner. Yeah. Um, though, uh, I don't know if the characters are aware of this. They become aware of it very quickly in this series that he, the Hulk persona is starting to take charge more often. So he's sort of losing his intellect somewhat, but the Hulk yeah. passes on it anyway. And then I guess the wasp is the current leader of the Avengers, but she defers to captain America. Right. Well, for good reasons. As she says, basically like you guys don't know me, but you guys know cap and we'll trust him. So that might make the difference today. It's like, this is not the Avengers. This is all the heroes. So I thought that's pretty cool. Um, Basically, Captain America is better known to the current audience reading this book, so I will defer to Captain America. Yeah, and Cap also uh, says, well, maybe Professor X should be in charge. And Professor X goes, my mind-reading capabilities tell me you should be in charge. <laughs> so, and nice, so it's settled. Nice trump card. Uh, Wolverine doesn't want to follow Captain America, but then Thor vouches for him. And as we know, Thor is more powerful than Magneto, so that gets everyone to agree <laughs> we cut back to the villain side of things and galactus and doom were like knocked unconscious when they fell to the planet after being repelled by a beyonder's crack i don't know any other way to say it but, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they flew out of beyonder's crack and hit uh-huh. the ground uh galactus is still out he took the brunt of the blast doom uh, wakes up first doom's up first. <laughs> galactus is sleeping like a baby yeah, he's, he looks adorable he hasn't slept in a while i mean he's tired yeah. And so Doom goes wandering off uh, towards the uh, villain's compound, and he is—he believes that fighting is a mistake. Yeah, there's an interesting thing in this story that there's these like high-tech compounds and vehicles and weaponry everywhere that are just sort of like used when convenient, and then ignored yeah. the rest of the story. Um, and they all look the same; they're all of the same technology. It's like generic 
Kirby machine type stuff. Like Kirby knockoff, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the villains, he's like walking towards the space. He's like, I bet the villains are there. And he's right. <laughs> uh, he shows up and the villains are like, hey, Doom, we want to put you in charge. All this picking of leaders. It's very Spider-Man comics. Which, you know, it's um, nice of them that they pick Doom. Uh, the villains tend to fight amongst themselves. Hey, we want you to do Robert's Rules of Order. <laughs> uh, Doom turns them down, Well, Yeah, Doom doesn't want to play this game. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He also slaps Molecule Man, which feels like unnecessary. Yeah, Molecule Man, Molecule Man is like the most powerful person, I think, on this planet after Galactus. Yeah, Molecule Man talks about like he just wants to get a nice house with a yard. That's his wish for the Beyonder. So maybe he deserves a little bit of a smack. Molecule Man shouldn't be a villain. He's a real beta in this story. Yeah. Then the Wrecking Crew, a bunch of villains who I mostly don't know are also hanging out here and they're whatever. Yeah, they make fun of Doom. They call him a coward and a wimp, which we know is normally gets a good reaction out of people. Doom just drops a piece of machinery on top of them and flies away. <laughs> yeah, he's had it. He's he's he just collapses a wing of their compound on on top of them and then flies away. Flying away is a big move. We've already had like Doom's flown away twice now. Magneto's flown away. Torch is always flying. Flying away is a big shooter move. Yeah. Then Kang, who is uh, from the future, but has like future tech is sort of his thing. I think he can time travel, but he doesn't do that in the story. So he must not have whatever he needs to time travel. He just has whatever future tech he has on him. But he decides, I don't want Doom to go off and work with the good guys. So I will shoot him down with a very powerful, enormous gun. That he's just like figured out how to work. I mean, he's from the future. I guess they just. His main power is understanding guns. Um, so he zaps Doom out of the sky, and we got we cut away from that. We go back to the heroes, who they are see dis- the explosion. Yeah, so they're wondering what's going on. It's a group shot, so Reed is stretching. Torch is uncharacteristically on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is proving me wrong, maybe. But later on, you'll later issues, later episodes. Tune in. I'll make fun of it when I see it. Now they all sort of just start traveling to the blast to find out what's going on. Yes, here's another one where like there's maybe too many word balloons, meaning half as many as Stan would use. Um, including the thing saying how humiliating because the Hulk is carrying him. <laughs> and Spidey just going, wee! He was kind of, he's riding the Hulk, it looks like. He's webbed to the Hulk. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it would work, but uh, apparently it is. <laughs> I don't know what Mr. Fantastic do. I guess he's just walking because he's stretching, but that doesn't actually help you move. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they, they catch to where Doom has been blasted out of the sky and he has like survived. Mm-hmm. And they offer to help him because they're a good guy. And Doom takes that as he thinks they're pitying him. And so he zaps them. He um, came to the heroes. He wanted to work with the heroes. He did come. He wanted to. He thought Reed would get his point. But before he even offers it to them, he's like, these guys pity me. And he zaps them and uh, takes off again. So he doesn't mind being. He flies off for the third time. Three times in this issue, Doom just <laughs> yeah. flies away. I mean, this last page, you see him flying off just in the background. <laughs> Do you remember that string of Hulk comics where the Hulk kept swatting uh, <laughs> Rick Jones? Like, yeah. Just kept like knocking Rick totally horizontal in the air. Yeah. Something similar. Whatever Doom flies off, I think it's funny. Yeah. I mean, or falls, plummets. Uh, like you get to watch him plummet. Like we got to see him doing those early FF issues constantly. Yeah. And then out of, not quite out of nowhere, but then the bad guys attack. And so the first issue ends with all of the bad guys in attack mode on the heroes. Yeah, they're not wasting any time. They're like, "Hey, the goal is to kill the good guys. Let's that's our thing. Let's do it." Yeah. Don't got to tell us twice. And you don't. They jump um, right to it. That's the end of the first issue, Will. All right, I love it. Um any uh, favorite moment from that issue? I'm going to say a Molecule Man getting swatted by Doom. Okay, you mean fair. we aren't going to go fight the answer to all our dreams? I want a nice house and a yard and lots of friends and maybe a girl, one who likes me. And ow, that's my favorite moment. Uh, I'm, t- I'm picking a sincere moment. I love Doom flying off after Galactus when Galactus goes to face Beyonder. Okay, yeah, it's also good. Um, like a surprising moment, not what we expect to happen. You're like, oh, it's a good story point. I, I like it when shows or movies has like, you know, uh, Commando. Remember the movie Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger? You bet I do. Where he is, his daughter is kidnapped and he's told like, you have to do this job for us and we'll give you your daughter back. And he, and, and then uh, the moment they tell him that, he like 
gets on a plane. He's taken, he's knocked out and dragged onto a plane and told this is what's going to happen. And he just kills the guy next to him and then jumps off the plane or something. Yes, that's right. Just like immediately he's like, like that could be a movie, right? Like I'll do this mission for you and then you'll give me my daughter back and you'll, you'll pull a switcheroo at the end and then I'll fight you. But instead he's just like, no, I'm just going to fight you immediately. I will never do what you want. Right. Spends the whole movie hunting them down and it's like, yeah, that's better. Um, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Commando is a very fun movie. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. What's your five sentence summary of issue two? So, uh, uh, yeah, so we're not going to cover issue two in detail like this. I'm just going to give a quick recap and then Will and I are each going to pick one sequence from the Mm -hmm. book to talk a little bit about, but, uh, what happens in the next issue that we're not covering is that the villains, as we saw about to happen in this issue, attack the heroes the heroes win. They capture the wrecking crew and Enchantress, and the heroes find themselves one of those bases. Doom, who's flown off, he tries to talk to Galactus. Galactus won't talk to him. He then uh, returns to the villain's base and reprograms Ultron, who's been rendered energyless from Galactus, and he takes charge of the villains. Then Magneto goes to the hero's base, captures Wasp. The thing turns human. Uh... And then at the end, the heroes like look to these video screens and see that Galactus is starting to eat the planet and there's a big storm about to hit. Um, that's a great summary. Yeah. A lot happens, um, but we're just not going to go into detail on that. So, Will, if you had to pick one moment from that issue to talk about, what would it be? Or one panel? Kevin, uh, th- uh, my, my guidelines to Will was like it can be as small as a panel or like a page sequence or Whatever you want. It can be something that you enjoyed or something you thought was dumb. I don't care. Just like one thing to talk about. Okay. It's real dumb. It is on the page where She-Hulk and Wasp are talking. Obviously, is this before before Wasp gets captured? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just sort of confiding in each other. Um, just kind of like that they're scared and like this is a tough challenge. And... um. The reason I wanted to, so there's a thing where She-Hulk puts her hand on the wasp's shoulder and the wasp turns to She-Hulk and just kind of says like, oh, it helps to know that, Jennifer. Thanks. I wanted to focus on this because I believe the wasp's face is drawn by John Byrne. It doesn't look like anybody else's face. It, it doesn't look like a Mike Zek face and it looks a lot like a John Byrne face. John so maybe, maybe draws John a Byrne, lot of faces. Maybe John Byrne came in and repenciled it. Yeah. Or maybe like they traced it or something like that. Something like that. This looks like a very John Byrne face. And I would like Ted Brevert to figure it out. Tom. What's his name? Tom Brevert. <laughs> okay. Well, he's so good at like figuring out details like this. That... I want Ted Dr. Light. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, to research this. So that's my panel. It's because it stood out to me. I was like, oh, it's a John Byrne face. Um, the moment that I want to talk about is the moment where Doom goes to talk to Galactus. I think it's very funny. Um where is that? Uh, yeah, I, I almost picked that too. I think that's really funny. Uh, where is it? Uh, oh, it's earlier. Yeah, he goes to talk to Galactus. He goes to see Galactus. Galactus kind of floats up back to his feet. Um, and then Galactus from behind him goes, uh, Doom from behind Galactus goes, Hear me, mighty Galactus. Hear the words of Dr. Doom. Let us take counsel, great one end. Galactus? Galactus? Truthfully, <laughs> <laughs> Doom to be so ignored. Yeah, then the next panel is, he ignored me. <laughs> yeah, he ignored me. I saw I was a gnat buzzing at his feet. And Galactus just walks away from him. It yeah. is very funny. The Doom was like, ah, so Galactus, I want to talk to you about so Where are you going? Yeah. It cracks me up. I don't know I if it's it. intentionally funny, but it is for sure funny. Um, next week, we'll be covering issues three and four. We'll do a quick recap of issue three, and then we'll cover issue four in depth. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, we have a couple emails. Good. Uh, hold, on, hold on. We've gotten a lot of uh, quick emails, quick posts on Twitter, on Instagram, just people saying how excited they are for this season. Well, it's nothing really to respond to there, but just lots of people going, oh, I'm so excited for this and or I love this as a kid or you're covering an issue. I actually some comics I actually read. Yeah, as opposed to your insane choices yeah. like doing two years on Sandman or whatever we did or something like right, that. Right, exactly. Or a whole uh, episode on Gideon, the, the rich villain in Fantastic Four or whatever. Um, the Instagram account Bookshelf Avengers that I follow. Yes, uh, I messaged, follow it too. Messaged me and said, uh, uh, I hope you talk about how wild Zek's torsos are. Uh, <laughs> and I said, I like Zek mostly. And his response was, for sure. He's definitely fun and well done. 
He does some particularly great Reed Richards work, but the massive balloon chest that rapidly tapers to the waist can be a little funny. So keep an eye out for those almost Bart Sears-like <laughs> chests. Um, with Good giant tip, Bookshelf Avengers. Uh, it's funny. Uh, thin waists. That's fun. Um, which I don't think I noticed until he mentioned it to me, and now I do see them a I can lot. already picture it. Like the Punisher, when Zek did that Punisher series, he really ballooned out Punisher's chest. Yeah, and I mean, and Zek, this is still, I mean, Zek had done Captain America for a while, um, but he, he still is not at his peak abilities yet. I think he gets better and better. Um, we've got two emails, Will. Good. One is from William Dunbar. I should email this guy back. Uh, you guys did a review for the Spider-Man game. I was wondering if you were planning to do the same for the Miles Morales game. And we did like a mini review, right, Will? We did. I don't remember what episode that was. Oh, gosh, me either. Um, uh, it was it was in one of the uh, like Black Hammer, Bang, Immortal. I think in the Immortal Hulk episode. Great. Um, I'll look it up and email you, William, so you know exactly what episode. We don't, spend a, we don't go in depth about it, but it's also a shorter game. So... You know, what do you expect? We liked it. That was our quick review. (laughs) (laughs) We liked it, but we said it was kind of more of the same, basically. But we liked that, so that's not bad. It was more of the same, and we liked the same. So, Um, But, uh, yeah, you can listen to that episode. I think it's just like the second half of that episode. Um, Maybe the first half. I don't remember when we talked about it. You have to listen to the whole thing. Uh, Here's another email from Austin Campion. Uh, He writes, hello, my dear soppy milks. Mm -hmm. I am an improv guy who spent a decade in Chicago and now lives in Durham, North Carolina. I love the show and thank you for all the good times. My question combines, hopefully, two of your shared interests, improv and comics. I'm sure you know about the concept of the game. Uh, He describes the game. He spends two paragraphs doing it. Will, can you describe the game? That's the funny part of a scene or the unusual thing. Great. Uh, My question, what are some of your favorite games in comics? Um, examples, Peter Parker at the end of his rope, usually involving rent money, Johnny antagonizing Ben, Thor mm-hmm. loving beer, you know, stuff where when you see it, you're thinking, wow, that is classic behavior for those characters. And I love it. Um, uh, uh, I'm sure you'll think of way better examples. All mine were Marvel, but yours needn't be. Thanks again, brothers. So, Will, what are some fun games that you love for Marvel Comics? Well, just super villain games, just like whenever they speak formally in the third person, that is like a trope of super villain talk, it's particularly Doom. You know, Doom does not, you know, Doom does not uh, suffer fools gladly, Richards. You shall pay for your impertinence. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so how, I'll, I'll simplify it. Doom calling himself Doom. That's fun. Um, Doc Ock getting so instantly mad at Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man's <laughs> getting Doc, Doc Ock, rather. Uh, did I say Doc Doom? Uh, I said Doc Ock. Spider-Man's ability to get Doc Ock mad is like zero to 60 at this point. Like one <laughs> word out of Spider-Man and Doc Ock is just furious. He hates Spider-Man <laughs> so much. That always makes me laugh how quickly he is furious. That's one. Um, Batman's ability to just sort of like say something cold and like unemotional in the Justice League comics always made me laugh. I always like when Batman smiles or laughs and gets a huge reaction out of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Did Batman just make a joke? Did Batman smile? Right. Like it's like they can't believe he's human. Right. That's a fun thing for Batman as well. Uh, I mean, I also like like Alfred trying to feed Batman is also a fun game. Um, Spider-Man being behind in the rent. That's one that was just said in that email, but I think that's a fun game. I also like a Spider-Man not able to go um, exit his normal methods, like through the sunroof because someone's sunbathing or uh, like he can't go out through the window at the bugle because they're washing the windows or something. Like whenever he's just sort of like, how do I, how do I, I want to leap through this window and I can't. That's always Um, fun to me. The characters of New York City getting mad at Spider-Man's a fun game. Just like the crowd turning on Spider-Man. You stop in a lot in the 60s. Yes, yes. Definitely in those uh, old Stanley comics, how quickly people would be swayed <laughs> by a newspaper. <laughs> I mean, for sure in the old comics, one of our favorite tropes is anytime someone's called a coward, how mad they would get. <laughs> uh, so that was always great. Uh, people are just called coward so much. <laughs> Uh, it's not, this shouldn't be a game I like, but it does happen in this series. Uh, Wasp thinking about fashion 
Um, <laughs> like just like, or thinking about how cute somebody is, all that stuff. I'm just like, Oh, wasp. I think that stuff is mostly gone away in current comics. Maybe, I don't know, but, uh, it definitely lasted far too long, but it does make me laugh in a, Oh brother. I can't believe this is a thing. Uh, Hulk is a bunch of them, right? The matter I get, um, the stronger I get, I would consider yeah. that a game. Uh, yeah. um, is always a fun one. The strongest there is. Anytime anyone says they're strong, the Hulk's always like, uh, him? John Jones being into Oreos. <laughs> sure. That's a fun, that's a, that's a literally fun game. comedy game. That's fun. Um, yeah, that's a bunch that I like. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Um, my new game now, just based on this issue, is people acknowledging that Thor is powerful. <laughs> yeah. Well, my game for this issue is flying off. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Just flying off in, in a huff. And Johnny flying around in group shots will be my game in later <laughs> issues. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the email, Austin. Uh, game is a cool concept. We like it. Uh, and that's it. Well, that's all the emails we got. If other people want to email us, how can they do that? Uh, our email is screwitspidey at gmail. Please send us your thoughts on The Secret Wars or comic books or what comics you're reading. Um, sure. Improv, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, I guess comics would be better than improv, but we'll, we'll read whatever you want to send in. Yeah. Screw it. Spidey at Gmail. You want some advice on what to eat for dinner? We'll give you bad advice on that. Yeah. We're definitely not qualified for that, but we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll give some thoughts on it. Uh, Will's recorded an album. If you want to know, uh, yeah. If you want to know about songwriting or like yeah. how complicated your lyrics could be, uh, I've got opinions on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. I, I have no no uh, reason to think that what I do is any good, but I'll still give you my opinions sure, on we, these things. We don't need to, we don't need to, we clearly don't let not knowing the material stop us from giving opinions. Yep. We don't feel we need to be qualified to keep going. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, well, I'm really excited to keep reading this. I, I'm already very pleased at how happy and joyful this series is. Like it is fun. And I think what we just read, these two issues, I think the middle is the best part of the series. Oh, that's um, going to get better. So I think it kind of ends. Even the, the setup was pretty quick and yeah. it was sort of like forced, but it wasn't that long. I, I do think Jim Shooter should be proud of this. Like he's bossing around a bunch of writers. This book is good. I mean, it, it is not like Frank Miller level, you know, yeah, insanely I mean, great. It's not John Byrne level creative, but it is a solid book. I mean, it's not as good as the best writers from Marvel, right? This isn't like Roger Stern would have done a better job. Like there's sure. certain guys that were working there that Claremont would have probably done a better job. Oh yeah. But he all, Claremont also would have not been into this story, right? He would have had a totally different focus. Um, so yeah. Uh, I mean, imagine if Claremont and Byrne did this. Oh my gosh. How I mean, cool it would be that would so be. emotional and like, yeah. Um, I mean, it would be angsty in a way that I would love. Imagine if Ditko did it. Roger Stern would probably be the best choice of that current Marvel time. He, Roger Stern, Walt Simonson drawing it. That's my oh. dream team. Because I think like, or, or really Roger Stern, John Byrne probably would be the best. Yeah. Um, like, because Roger Stern, I think had, he did Avengers. He had the best feel for a lot of these characters. And right. like, I think liked and them all equally. Stories. Yeah. Um, Byrne and Walt Simonson probably had, like Walt Simonson had the kind of the coolest powerful art but burn probably has the best like all around art mm-hmm. uh you know fr- you know there's people like frank Simonson's miller is more stylized like simonson has a style yeah. to it frank miller just this is not in his wheelhouse at all no he's he's better at small little mm-hmm. you know heroes quest internal struggle uh john Romita jr would have also been great of course at this as well yeah so, uh, I mean, there's, there's no shortage of great arthur adams could have been i mean like this is really good. i think Pre-Arthur Adams. I think you're probably right. Um, Arthur Adams would be phenomenal at this, yeah. Um, But I don't know. Shooter's doing a respectable job, you know? Well, it goes to his head and he destroys the company. No, it doesn't. It, doesn't, it just destroys <laughs> his job. I think the company Well, first two issues are fine. really... It's got its eye on the prize in terms of keeping it fun, and, I, and I'm really glad for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, well, I'll see you next week. I will. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Oh, hello, you. What's up, hoes? I'm Mary Kay McBrayer. I'm Mary Amelia Byer. I'm Rachel Estridge. And we like scary movies. Let's be more specific. We like analyzing scary movies. Okay, but let's be a little bit more specific. We like making fun of scary movies. Let's be even more specific. We have to make fun of scary movies so that we can sleep at night. We host a horror comedy podcast called Everything Trying to Kill You that rips all your fave horror movies a new one. And bonus, we'll tell you jokes from the perspectives of... Feminist ethnic minorities. And queer women. Which might be something you haven't considered before. Sure looks like Hollywood hasn't. So check out Everything Trying to Kill You. New episodes every other Friday on Campfire Media. Campfire.